Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers. So your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers, and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made for you, food bloggers who are seeking value for your blogs and your lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Natalia Drozhin from Mom's Dish, and we will be discussing how to treat your blog like a business. Natalia was born in Ukraine in a very small town, and she moved to the United States at the age of 12. She is a mom of two boys, ages 9 and 11, and she started blogging in 2011 to inspire other moms to prepare homemade meals. She is passionate about simple, approachable meals that have very few ingredients. I am super excited to chat with you today, Natalia, but we before we do that, give us a quick fun fact about yourself. Hey, Megan. Actually, fun fact, this month is giving me my first time or first month blogging full time. So I quit oh. my job last month. Yeah, I was working from home. I made myself a goal that within a year or so of really going all in on this blog thing, I should leave a job. So that happened. So this is my first time or first month. So you are finally to the point where you're just super focused on blogging. That's very exciting. Yeah, I was quite focused for the last year, but I was working probably 100 hours a week or like nonstop working. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so between that's the two lot. jobs and kids, you know how that could be. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. How exciting for you. Yay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And today our topic is treating our blogs like a business. So this is very timely for you. Yes. And relevant. <laughs> and I think it's timely and relevant for a lot of us because I think a lot of us are either have experienced or are experiencing kind of that same situation where we're moving from hobby blogger to business owner. And I think for most of us, that evolution, it takes some time and it happens a little more slowly. But for others, it's more of a fast paced decision to make a big change. Either way, though, it requires a definite mindset switch and some strategy as well. So let's just dig into this, Natalia. Why don't you tell us how the process of hobby blogging to business owner has evolved for you? I think like you said just now, like the mindset had to switch for the longest time, like back in the day, 2011 was like, oh my gosh, let me help all these moms cook and help make this approachable, simple meals that, you know, everybody has a meal on the table instead of going out every day because it's a waste of time. And then like the ingredients are not as great as the ones that you would make at home. So I always had this mindset, I'm helping people. I can't 
make money on this because it can be my hobby forever until I ended up going to a conference. And I realized that like, if I continue working full time, I can't provide the same value that I had in set in my goal because I'll post blogs like once every few weeks when I like it. So that was the hardest part of like, you know, having the time and still taking care of the people that actually cared about my blog. Yeah. I love that a conference and networking is what tipped you over the edge into treating your blog like a business. I think that's the case for a lot of us because we just kind of do this on our own, right? We're at home by ourselves. And like you said, making food for our families and just kind of doing this part time. And this is one of the reasons that I'm such a huge proponent of conferences. They can provide that little push we need to take things to the next level when we're around other food bloggers and networking especially if we find a really good gem of a conference like Tastemaker. I, I love Tastemaker conference and I know that you've been there too. Yeah. I saw but you what are, first time. Yes. Nice I know. I got, you. yes, I got to meet you in person. So what are some first steps you took once you made the decision to kill it with your business? So I had like, let me give you a little bit of background that kind of would probably give you a better idea. I, got a marketing job by like literally by accident. I was doing marketing for attorneys. I was scared and nervous to do it because like you read in my bio, I am an immigrant. My grammar is not amazing. And I had to work with like people in politics. People were, you know, like with smart people, I would always say attorneys are outrageously smart. So I got this marketing job and I was like, I'm going to try this for six months to challenge myself. This was like you know, several years ago. And I was really good at the job by accident. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, six months into it, I'm like, I'm going to give it six more months because I am making such a good money because it's marketing jobs. So a lot of us commission based on what you sell and how you do. And I was doing really well. I was one of the top, you know, there was 700 people and I was one of the top three, four people in the company. Wow. That's awesome. That's saying a lot about you. Well, I was super driven. I was like, I'm going to challenge. I'm going to do this. And like, it was going so well that I was like, you know, I can still blog and I can still do this. And I have two little kids. One day, one of my friends that was, that's a blogger. And she's like, you really need to look into this. I was like, no, there's no way I can make, save money. You know what I'm doing right now? Like, she's like, go to a conference with me. I'm like, you know what, what, what do I have to lose? I have never been to Utah. Tastemaker was in Utah. I was like, I'm going to make this like a girlfriend's trip out of it. So I went and I was so overwhelmed by everything. And I was so like, my eyes were open and I realized, you know, I have this audience. I have these people that really care about my recipes. They still stuck around while I was absent for, I was working for about three and a half years. And so I was doing this not like persistently, just here and there I'll post a recipe, but these people were like, do vlogging, post more, do this. And I'm like, well, I don't really have the time for it, but (laughs) I want to, I want to do both. So I was feeling like I was working two different directions. And when I went to the conference, like, whoa, like I'm doing everything wrong. I need (laughs) to take care of the people that care about my blog and I can do the same things I'm doing on my marketing job with my blog. So I was super excited about that. And that's when, you know, we was just, we decided to work on the website. There was a lot of steps. So I guess let's walk through them slowly what I did. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you start with how did you first start updating your web? Is that the first thing you did? You updated your website a little bit? So my husband is a web developer. So he built my website in 2011. 
as a hobby. I said, you know, so many people are asking me for recipes. I had this small Facebook group. Back in the day, there were groups. Then Facebook removed them and created pages, and they brought them back again, which is odd, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a group, and people kept on asking me for recipes. And I'm like, you know, honey, we need like a website. Can you build me something? So he built a website for me which was amazing for 2011, but did not have a recipe card. It was all coded, backend coded. It wasn't on the WordPress. Like it wasn't any of those things. So for me on the backend, everything was super, you know, overwhelming. So I knew that if we don't have alt tag or we don't have any of the things, I can't grow. So that was the decision when we decided we need to do a new website. And I had over 400 something, 400 to 500 posts. So wow. we needed to manually move them over. We created a program where like some of them did go into the website automatically, but we had to do a lot of manual work on the back end. So it was, this still was when I was working. We started working on the website. That was the first step. And he did it, did it for me again. And I, I'm hearing the best feedback about it. So I'm kind of excited and happy oh, about good. it. So, How cool that your husband too had those um, skills. (laughs) He was able to help you. I have heard this repeatedly. This is definitely a theme in the food blogging world where it's like, you know, husband wife team and one person has certain set of skills and the other has another set of skills to complement. And I think that's so cool. And I'm glad that he was able to help you, you know, navigate through that, but also like build a good structure because I think building a structure for your website is extremely important and it's something that a lot of us started way back in like 2010 2011 didn't do because we were just like what was the blog spot was that the big yeah (laughs) I think people actually started on blog spot I started on Squarespace but we really didn't know what we were doing so we just kind of like you know posted randomly didn't build appropriately so then later once things start turning into more of a business we look back and we're like, oh no, I did not build that right. And so I've spent many years fixing problems from uh, you know, past mistakes. So I love that your husband was there to guide you through that and to help you along with that. But that's yeah, a really, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead. And his like where you're talking about Blogspot and Squarespace, to him that yeah. was not even a real website. So everything had to be hard coded. So like Natalia, you better learn how to code. I'm like, no, like, that's not what I want to do. (laughs) That would take me years. And he's like, that's the best way to build a website. So like he was completely, he was in corporate world. He still runs a website for a very large company right now. So he was in a world where, you know, everything was like, I don't know, like he builds websites for hospitals and things like that. So his level of like website knowledge is completely on another level. When I say what I asked him one time, what is H2? And he laughed so hard. I was like, (laughs) I don't know. Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) So things like that. So for him, like the simple things that I talk about, like website and backend, he just like looks at me. But now he says, so we did switch to a WordPress blog. And he's really like all in and he says they did a good job and like this is the way for us to go. So that's where we're at right now. Good. So after that, beyond kind of like looking at your structure of your site and fixing some things, uh, where did you go from there? So as I was working on the website, um, well, he was working on the website, I was I decided my photography was terrible. So here's what I did. I went to my friend's bloggers and I asked them 
for things that I should improve. Right after the conference, I literally got on the call with, scheduled a call with all of them. And I said, please be honest with me because, you know, I'll pay for other person's knowledge. It hurts to hear the truth, but I want to know the truth because otherwise I would never grow. So I got on a call with about four or five bloggers that were good friends of mine. We have like a small group on Facebook that we always chat with each other with like little updates, just a few of us. And so one of them said, you need to get your photography together. And I was like, you're so right, but I hate it. She's like, well, if you're going to start getting better, you're going to start liking it. So I was just like, I'm going to try this. So I started like taking different courses, watching YouTube videos, photography, playing with the light. I realized that, you know, direct sunlight is horrible and all those little things that I learned along the way. So, I mean, it's not perfect and I'm not a very creative person, like, which is kind of odd to be a blogger, not to be a very creative person. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's to a point where like it's approachable to people and, you know, people see that actually food kind of looks good. So I'm kind of happy. We always are going to be judgmental of ourselves. A few months later, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I took that photo. (laughs) That is a theme, too. No matter what level you're at, experience level, bloggers say that every single time. I look back and I think, what was I thinking? Even if you're an amazing (laughs) photographer, everybody says that. (laughs) Yes. Then second thing I did is... I got into SEMrush and started studying my website, like realizing, took Jeff's course, hashtag Jeff, Yeah. Um, took his course, started learning everything I could about what am I ranking for? What should I focus on? And, you know, like, what should I do? And this was literally, I was still working full time and I would spend put boys to sleep and spend hours just re- trying to figure out where should I focus on? What should I do? What should I update? And so I started working on that. And we, on the back end, we were moving a lot of the recipes. Um, I had a VA that was helping with all tags. So she went in and did all tags for all of our photos. That took about four mm. months. So I guess that's kind of like, those were the few first steps that I did. Yeah, those are great places to start. I love that you found a VA to just kind of help you with some of that background busy work that a lot of people are able to do. And alt tags is a great one to start with. Did you notice, I'm just curious, a huge improvement in your rankings after fixing the alt tags? Because we were on, so we did notice a jump when we moved to the new website because okay. it, that shifted. So we don't know what helped, but there was uh, an update during that time. So I'm seeing like on, if you look at SEMrush, I'm seeing us slowly climbing. And so, you know, as I'm updating recipes, I am seeing growth, but it's not like, Oh my gosh, overnight. <laughs> yeah. How that is. Steady growth. Yep. <laughs> yes. Steady growth. Yeah. And you kind of did all this at once, it sounds like. So it's probably hard to pinpoint exactly. It's probably just a combination of everything that you were doing to make that steady growth happen. Yes. Yeah. And website update took us about eight months. Okay. So it wasn't like overnight thing. We were working on the website for so long because it was completely different code. So that was a huge amount of work and a huge investment too for yeah, like time wise because we we both still have a full-time job <laughs> oh my gosh and you have two boys so yes. wow <laughs> that's a lot to take on good for you I mean how inspiring that you just saw the need for certain things and then you just jumped into it and did it I think that is such an inspiring story I love I think it just hearing other bloggers a tastemaker their success and I'm like 
you know what, if they can do it, why can't I? And yes, I actually, I created myself a vision board and on the vision board, I wrote for this year, just hustling. Like literally that's like my inspiration yes. for this year. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work so hard, but I'm seeing already the results. So yeah, it's really inspiring because I was able to leave my job and, you know, and our income was able to be replaced and I had a really great marketing job. So yeah. I love that. I think that we all go through seasons like that where we just know that the next handful of months or a year or whatever is going to require hustling. And I've felt that in the past, like, okay, here we go. We're in a season. I'm going to have to hustle. And it's hard. Obviously, hustling isn't always super fun. But I always like to think, and I've said this in other episodes as well, like planting seeds. When you're hustling, you're constantly planting those little seeds that are going to eventually start growing into these beautiful flowers. And your story is proof of that. You did that for a long time as you did these different things that you knew would help your website. And now you're seeing the flowers bloom. So yeah, super, so going super back inspiring. In 2000, let's say even 15, I didn't want to get on any ad network. People were using Blogger and I was like, no. I am not putting ads on my site. <laughs> I am going to be that loyal blogger that will never ever oh, funny. <laughs> have, like, you know, charge for my service in a sense. Like, yeah. And then I realized like the real, like the biggest thing at the conference was like, you know what? If I don't have, like, if I don't do this, I will never provide the value that I see that I can provide for other moms. So if yeah. I'm not charging them, who's going to pay my mortgage? Like, how right. am I going to sustain my household without like you know and people are never bothered by it like people never look at it like oh now you have ads on your site never heard of that like people oh we totally understand I even like ask my friends around I'm like do you feel like I work with too many sponsors do you feel like you know is this too much and they're like no it makes you look cool and I'm like yeah it does make me look cool I work with Walmart (laughs) you know like (laughs) so it just I ask around all the time for feedback and I hate the negative feedback, but at the same time I love it too. Yeah, it's it important to grow. Yeah. It is hard to hear, like you were saying earlier, but it is so important to hear those hard things because you can't grow without it. And I love that you're so comfortable to ask your friends and then your family and the people around you for feedback because they're going to be the ones that are the most honest with you. And you said that you asked about photography or you asked about, you know, just honest opinions about your site and somebody came back with, you need to improve your photography. And that's such good feedback because we don't always see in front of us what is wrong or what we should be doing differently. And also asking for feedback on the ads. What a great idea. Just asking people like, are you bothered by this? And you know what? There always are going to be people that are bothered, but those are the people that leave. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully I, we never hear from them. Surprisingly, like there were a few negative experiences where people would say something negative, but I have like the most positive feedback all the time, which is surprising because maybe because they don't talk about negative things on the blog or like, you know, when you bring in negativity, usually it shoots back at you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so maybe because of that, but usually I have like the best feedback about everything, but I do try oh, to keep a balance. So great. Yeah. Speaking of like sponsorships, that was, I think that's another thing that I knew I needed motivation. I knew in order for me to stay focused and have 
an ability to see where, you know, I can't grow SEO overnight or like monetize my uh, blog uh, with Google, you know, traffic overnight. I cannot grow my social media overnight, but I can overnight get a sponsor post. Like that, that was another right. mindset that was very important to me. So I was like, I can use my, you know, I guess marketing background helped me. I'm not scared of asking a brand for something because you bring so much value. There's so many people that look at your blog and they're like, yeah, I trust and I believe what this person says. So the brand is more likely to work with you because you have this trusted audience. So that's what I went after to get income to kind of like grow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we all get to that point where we need to see that we are actually providing value to other people. And, you know, it's it's more of a team effort, right? With our audience, like we're giving them something and they're giving us something. So when you can bring that to a brand and say, look, I have some an audience that really trusts me and values my opinion and really have confidence in that, that helps so much. And I have to repeat one thing that you s- mentioned, Natalia, because I love this. You mentioned going through this evolution, you absolutely needed motivation. It's so necessary because without it, it's like you can look at things in the future and be like, well, I can't do anything now about nine months from now or whatever, but what can I do now? And yes, I can reach out to a brand now. I can do like, do the things that are in front of you and all of that is going to add up and make the future better. Yes. And like, just to kind of give you a perspective. So eight months of doing our website, we did not have any growth on SEO. While I was taking Jeff's class and I was learning all these things, I could not really apply it. And it was so, like my hands were itching. (laughs) I was so irritated. I was like, gosh, I just need that new website so I can apply these things. Because the way it was set up, I just couldn't apply any of the things. I knew during this eight months, besides, you know, working on a new site and updating all the posts we did not want to update too many of them because we didn't want this to be a shocker to google when we get a new site yeah everything looks new so we tried to keep everything similar but at the same time during that time i was like you know like at my old job i was very like i said i was really good at it but i had to call about 80 people a day it was like cold oh, wow. calling jobs so i was thinking if i take two hours out of my day and i call 20 brands this is just an example. I don't do that. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Wow. <laughs> if I call 20 brands, can you imagine like we reach out to one brand that says no to us and we're like, oh man, nobody wants to work with me. Yeah. But the like, the opportunities are outrageous for bloggers out there. Maybe I'm oh, super like sure. excited and inspired by this whole. No, <laughs> I think you're totally right. There, There's so much opportunity, not just with brands, but with so many things. I mean, the sky is the limit for opportunity. So yeah, I love that you have that like really lofty goal and you have your old job to kind of frame that for you. Yeah, like cold calling that many people, that's crazy, but awesome that you were able to do that, but you were under the direction of someone else. So you kind of had to, right? Not really. It was more of like self-motivation. At one point when you like, I became a senior marketing person. At that point, you kind of control your own schedule. But even like, I think I push myself harder when I have to control my own schedule. Maybe it's like the immigrant in me growing up. <laughs> like, well, that's awesome. So 
I don't do, and I'm like, the, this is my second literally week vlogging full time. I don't do that right now. Maybe I need yeah. like a little breather, but I am planning to spend an hour or two a day or maybe like block out times because I like to block out times yeah. and focus on just reaching out to brands and not just to get a contract, but to get a really good contract that would like, yeah. you know, give me a long term, which I have a few, you know, that's what like kept me motivated more than 70% of my income was from sponsored work sites at thrive so that was like the biggest motivation for me I knew I had to you know I have this opportunity one not take it you know and do a really good job so other brands now I don't really reach out to brands like the last maybe three four months I haven't been reaching out to them because they have been reaching out to me I guess they see my work and I'm getting this context and I'm like where are you guys getting my information <laughs> you know, something that you're putting out there is coming back to you. And as you were talking, I thought of this. Have you ever heard of the paperclip method Mm -mm. of like getting things accomplished? It's like a productivity thing. And I'm a weird freak about productivity. So I've read this a couple times and I cannot remember the name of the person who who started this, but he was doing like cold calling, I think. And he would take a cup of paper clips and set them on his desk, like uh, something ridiculous, like a hundred paper clips. Uh-huh. And every time he made a call, he'd transfer the paper clips to another cup and he would make a goal. Like by the end of the day, this cup is empty and this one is full. And he would just do it. And he had that visual to keep him moving and just keep going until it was done. So when you have those really lofty goals that seem crazy to other people, Really, I mean, you can do what you set out to do. If you have the mindset, like I am going to call 20 brands today, then you will do it. But it just takes that like really just intense motivation that you're talking about. And I love that you have that. Well, I am. It's almost I, the same thing as like treating it as a real job. If you were at the real yes, job, you would not yes, be sure. walking back and forth. You will be calling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you're that's right. kind of like, uh, yeah, you're paying for your own time and you choose how you pay for it. Yeah. And you choose how, like you choose your own future pretty much with blogging. That's the best part about what like this job is that we choose how our future will look like. Mm, I love that. That is, those are some good words right there. Okay, (laughs) so uh, let's see. Let's talk about, you kind of talked about some things that helped to encourage you, inspire you along the way as you really got motivated and got going into making this your business. What else inspired you besides the food blogging community and friends and family? Was there anything else that really set you in motion? Well, inspiring me, I would actually, so I watch, I guess I'm a YouTube junkie in a way because I would watch (laughs) other vloggers that are growing or like they're sharing, even not like food bloggers, but like more of lifestyle bloggers. And I see their success. That motivates me because seeing where, or interviews, like I love interviews. That's why I love your podcast. I listen to every single one of them. And so I listen to every Every interview I can find that motivates me a lot because listening to other people's success, it's kind of like kind of like a conference in a sense, too, because if they did it, why can't I? And what do I need to do today to get it done? Right. Like you're all about productivity. I'm also like really big on that because whatever you put in your time into is that kind of like what you get back. YouTube and also podcasts are really great for that because they're free, first of all. It's like free information that Mm -hmm. is just like filling you up. And maybe one thing that you hear on an interview is going to really ring true with you and it wouldn't ring true in the same way with somebody else. So 
I am like that too, Natalia. I just, I listen to a lot of things. I try to fill my mind with really good stuff that's going to help grow my business. And I just grab those little nuggets. Like I'll grab like two really awesome things from one podcast episode and I'll grab like a handful of others from an audiobook. And, and, you know, a handful of others from a YouTube video. So I love that you do that too. And just kind of grab as much information and put it in your Mm -hmm. mind as you possibly can. I think that's really great advice and very inspiring. Yes. And it doesn't have to be like dedicated time. You can be multitasking. So I started doing right now. That's a new thing that I just started and I need to get it together. We never had a mailer set up. We don't send any email sounds crazy, but that's one of those things that we haven't done. And the new site has the ability for us to do that. Old site did not. So I started taking Matt's course on it yesterday. I was editing photos while listening to him and kind of getting pinpoints. And then I'll go back and start doing the homeworks and things that he suggests. Uh, That way I can really focus on, but it kind of gives me a full picture, something playing in the background while I'm editing photos. So I'll be multitasking and listening to something, like you said, that will help me. Yeah. And I like that you said that you don't have to have like a set, you know, a structured time to listen to these things. I kind of do it just kind of randomly as I go throughout my day, if I'm cooking and I'm like, oh, I could be listening Mm -hmm. to something right now, I'll pop something on. But it's not something that I necessarily put into my calendar. Like you have to listen to this audiobook today. It's more like just do it as you can. Or if I'm driving a long ways, I'll just put, you know, turn on an audiobook or something. But yeah, just kind of being open to when those times are that you could be absorbing information. I was listening to your podcast yesterday while I was cooking some noodles. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) So I always, you know, I always wait for your podcast and like listen to it while I'm cooking while kids are at school in the morning. So I think for moms that have little kids, that's more challenging. And oh, for sure. I think that's the harder part for them. Like if they're still watching their little ones that I can see that being an issue. But for me, I'm lucky that both of my kids are in school and I can still have that quiet morning or they're in school and I'm listening to something. It's there is such value in that. I mean, I love having my boys home and I would rather have them here with me most of the time. But yeah, when they're gone, I'm like, okay, I can like just absorb stuff now. But I did find a little trick. My boys are the same ages as your boys. So they're a little bit older and they, you know, they're self-sufficient pretty, mm-hmm. I mean, not like totally, but they can yeah. do things on their own. So one trick I did this summer was I would just put my phone in my back pocket, put my headphones in and like go about my, you know, cleaning or whatever I was doing at home and listening to things that way when they were kind of occupied. But if I didn't have my headphones in, they might have distracted me. So that's I don't know. That's really smart. I have Apple headsets. So that's like, I haven't been doing that in the summertime. I was working, but that would be a good trick for me for the next summer. Yeah. So definitely using that. (laughs) Yeah. And then they'd be like, mom, why aren't you replying? I'm like, oh, sorry. I was listening (laughs) to something. I'm not ignoring you. I promise. This is all great stuff. Did you have something else? Go ahead, Natalia. One more thing. So another thing that motivated me a lot or like, I think it's really important to work with other bloggers. While I'm a smaller blogger, you know, not a mega blogger, I can't bring the value to a mega blogger to, you know, to a point. My husband can help them with the website or things like that. So I try to offer, you know, what can I do for you? Or, you know, how can I network with you? Things like that. But last summer, 
and we have one more coming up. I organized a retreat. So I found oh, sponsors. Cool. The place that we stayed, I was covered by a sponsor. So we did a sponsor. So we didn't have to pay for the house. I found sponsors for like food, for part of the food, but everybody was willing to pitch in the rest of it. It wasn't like I was not making money on this. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to invite a few of my friends. And a few of them are like very large bloggers. You know, they're mega bloggers. You could call them. Yeah, Kitchen, that's awesome. Like they're like huge bloggers, but they're my good friends too in the community. So I organized a blog uh, retreat. We went with couples. So my idea was like whoever blogs with their husband is more serious about blogging. I, yeah. I guess like. If they're both full-time blogging, that means they're more serious about it. And my husband's super involved. Like, we're hoping that next year he's going to be full-time with me. But I organized this retreat and, like, they came and we learned so much from each other. That was another motivation, too, because you see these bloggers where they're at and you're like, wow, like, you know, sky is the limit for sure. And we learned so much from each other. My husband helped out, like, with their site speed or, like, tips that he had for the oh, website. Sure. And then I gave them like some of my like tips about how I work with sponsors and we kind of all work together. And now we're going again. I organized another one in February. We're going again. I love that. I love that you, first of all, organized something like that. I'm sure that everybody found immense value in it and that you are trying to provide value, little nuggets of value for them, like offering your husband services or whatever you can do to say like, thank you, you know, thank you for providing value to me. So that is such a great idea. I think that a lot more bloggers should be doing stuff like that because not only do you get value out of it, but you're getting those connections and like getting motivated by the way that other people are running their businesses. And that's such a great idea. Plus we're able to, you know, not only, I wasn't just the only person there. So like they could work with each other. So a lot of the bloggers that went, there was four of us this year, we're having six couples go. So 12 people together, but, or coming up here. But a lot of them were saying that it was even better value than any other conference because you're literally spending 24 seven, not seven, but three days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 24, <other>. three. <laughs> yeah. This time we're going for four days because we felt like last time wasn't enough. So going for a little longer time, but it's just all it is, is it's fun, but it's also work. So it was great. We had the best time and to sponsor this huge mansion for us. <laughs> so we're yeah. all like super excited. This Absolutely. It's such a great idea. And I, I just, I don't know. I think that the conferences, there's so much value in those. But like you said, you get to spend like a huge concentrated block of time by doing something like this. So I love it. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit, Natalia, about taking the leap into outsourcing because this was a really big decision for me and my business when I got to that point where I was like, I have got to offload some of this work that I'm doing. And I know a lot of other bloggers feel the same way, but it was for me probably one of the the most pivotal decisions for moving forward for my business because it opened up time for me to focus on other things and creating and growing my business in new ways. So talk to us about when you decided to outsource and how that changed things for you? Well, so when I had a full-time job, I knew that there was no way I could do all of it, you know, at the same time. I am working on an ebook um, that's almost done. All the writing and photos are done. I just need to put it together. But I outsourced all of the photography for the ebook. 
And I didn't mind the style would be a little bit different because it was an ebook. It's beautiful. I found a photographer that was like way better than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I outsourced all of the photography. She was a great cook. She's also a blogger. So she helped me with all of the photography. I gave her the recipes. Another thing is I'm horrible at grammar. Like my husband had like, so hearing like negative feedback. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is really can be really hard on me, which I love. And like, you know, I hate at the same time, but I think he gave me so much confidence by being hard on me because like it taught me a lot of things in life and being this person that I am right now. But he's in Italia, your grammar, you either take classes or you need to hire somebody or we'll never be bloggers. And I was like, classes? No. I want to be a blogger. Okay, I'll hire somebody. Yeah. <laughs> we went through five different people. Oh. And it was so hard to find that right person because it's like, it's just when they write for a lot of bloggers or a lot of, you know, bloggers will ask in these groups, like, who do you hire? So I tried that a few times. But when they write for a lot of different bloggers, they can't really nurture your blog the way right. I want them to. So I actually asked my Instagram, my followers, and I had literally like 200 people asking me to write for me. And I was like, okay, now how do I pick the right person? Wow, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I have a lot of moms. So a lot of moms that are stay at home, they would love to do this freelance writing thing. But I found a girl that we absolutely love and she's on my vision board. I wrote down for 2020 to, for her to be my full-time employee because oh. she wrote for like politics she wrote for newspapers but she loves to travel so she wants to live overseas and while like you know she writes for us and we went when we were in portland for tastemaker she's from portland we actually went out with her and i love her so much so oh, i am cool. so blessed and she's like my if it wasn't for her i would never be able to do what i do because i just like I can't write really well and I don't like it. So it just would take me hours to write one post while those hours I could spend doing something else. It does require sometimes some searching to find that perfect person, especially with writing, because we all have such unique voices when we write. Yes. That I found like I've had a few different people write for me just on my Facebook page over the years and some like, you know, don't reflect my voice at all. And then you get those few that like, oh, okay, yes, they kind of get who I am and where I'm coming from and they can, and people believe that it's me <laughs> talking. So I think it's so valuable. I'm so glad you found her and I'm glad that you kept looking because it can get really frustrating yeah. going through that process. Like, oh, why isn't anyone getting <laughs> me? <laughs> My husband is like genius. He's super smart. So he'll like read the writing and be like, nope, not this person. Like, Are you kidding me? I'm like, they sound better than me. He's like, nope, not this person. Like, I had to keep looking. But the cool thing that I do, so to still keep in my voice and a lot of like, I'll read it. I was like, oh my gosh, that's something I would say. I would write an outline for the writer. So it's not just her writing. I create like topics for SEO purposes. I don't want, for now, I don't really want to burden her with like learning SEO. So I read out yeah. every topic. I read out like what to talk about in each paragraph. She just makes it really sound great. It's awesome. That's so valuable. Finding that, you know, that component that really helps you out to focus on other parts of your blog. And I was just going to, that is a perfect segue here because I was going to talk about how do we justify outsourcing? Because I hear this all over the place. People are like, well, I could do it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. So 
talk to us about what would you tell a food blogger who is like, I have this task or these tasks that I just don't like to do, but you know, I don't want to spend the money and I can do it. So I might as well just keep doing it. What would you say to them? Well, I come from a marketing background. So <laughs> <laughs> I believe in spending money to make money. <laughs> yes. Amen. So I think one of the biggest things in reality, like, Find something that you absolutely don't enjoy or something that takes a lot of your time. So I also have a person that does my Facebook and my Pinterest stuff. Why waste time on something like that when you can go back and update your old posts, which I'm working on right now, and just produce more stuff so you can grow faster? I look back. Yes, it's an investment initially. Like first few months, we're just like literally reinvesting all the money. But I knew in a year from now, I will see a huge reward. And plus, I will still be motivated. I will not feel burned out. So for that reason, I think it's worth every penny. Even if I was just still spending all of my money on the writer or other people, I don't want to, I guess I like to reward people that work for me. So I'm not trying to keep it all to myself. But at the same time, I know in five years from now, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Is this? Yes, for sure. And I like to, you mentioned this earlier about your husband kind of recognizing what your weaknesses were and pointing them out, like taking your weaknesses or the things that you're maybe not the best at and giving those to somebody else as well. So think of like, like you said, Natalia, what tasks don't you like at all? And then also what aren't you the best at? And maybe just starting there. And if you do try to, this is something else I say a lot too. If you try, yes, you can do it all if you really, really had to. But if you do, you are going to burn out because there's way too much to do it all and to be successful. Like it's just not possible. You will be a puddle of a mess in a year if you try to do absolutely everything. So I just feel the same way you do. You have to spend money to make money. And obviously be smart about it and be realistic what you can spend, but start small too. Don't you agree? Like even if it's just like an hour or two a week. So let's say you hate editing photos. Start, you know, find someone who's a really good photo editor. Start outsourcing to that person an hour a week and just see how it goes and build from there. And then before you know it, you'll have like all of those unwanted tasks off your plate. You'll be so much happier. You'll be more productive. You'll be creating more content. And I think it just spirals from there and gets better. Yeah, for sure. I Like you said, start with something that you hate like the most. And that was another tip that I got initially when I just went back into blogging full time, kind of all in. My friend told me, she said, find tasks that you hate. You have the money to spend because you do have your job. Just have somebody else do them for you. Have somebody come wash dishes. Well, I don't want anybody in my kitchen, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't want to write. And because of our writer, I think she was the biggest help for us. I'm able to do four to five posts a week now, Mm -hmm. which sounds insanely like a lot, but I know I need to do four to five to update all of our old content. So I am pushing really hard, but she's doing a lot of the hard work. I feel like it's a lot of the hard work because I love to cook. That's the part that I love the most. (laughs) You can focus on those things that you really want to be doing. And I love that you have those goals, those like you need to go back and go through your old content and four to five a week is ambitious. But if that is what your goal is, then do what you can to keep up with that. Yeah, we're we're trying till the end of the year to do four to five. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, that is super ambitious, but 
if you really want to do something like that and you kind of plan around it and set up, set your life up and your business up so that it can happen, it, you can really like make anything happen. I always like to tell people that don't just like, oh, one, you know, one blog post a week is fine. If you want to do more than that, make it happen. I did three posts a week while I was working full time. So I know going to, and it was, it was taking a lot of the planning. Like, like you said, if you plan it out well enough, you can do it. And I think my benefit were why I can do a little more because all of my recipes are very simple. A lot of them have only a few ingredients, so very approachable and easy to do. So that's why I was able to do more. But having a structure in place, I, I don't know if you use Trello. Do you use Trello? I do. I love okay. Trello. Okay, so I have like my calendar on there. So Trello for each board. I use a free version. Maybe I should upgrade. I don't know, but for now the free one is working. But they have this, I think they're called Boost. Power-ups. So, power-ups, yes. I can never think of that word. <laughs> so they have power-ups and you can get a calendar on each board, one power-up. So I got a yes. calendar on my board and the rest of October is planned out. And so I know that now I need to focus on November and, you know, have everything planned out. But if you don't have a plan, then yeah, of course, it'll be hard to do a few posts a week. Yeah. Because you don't have a vision. Without a plan, you really, I mean, it's most of my blogging life <laughs> without having a plan. <laughs> and it was like I was constantly reacting, you know, like I, I never knew what was going on. I was like, okay, what am I going to make today? But having a plan totally changed the game for me. I to have my next month planned out so then I can think about November and on beyond that. So planning is a massive part of food blogging success. I strongly believe that. Trello is amazing. And I, I also use the calendar power up, by the way. And I love it because you can switch over from, and this is in the free mode, so you don't even have to pay anything for this, but you can switch over from list view and is that what called? List, to calendar view just with a single click. And I love that. And then you can like put those labels in that are color coded. Yes, and... I have color coded. <laughs> oh, I love it. I almost get obsessed with it. Like, hmm, what color can I, what label can I give this now? I'm like, okay, I need to like give myself boundaries, but it's fun. It's really fun to get in and really dig into planning, I think. Yes. And I have a board for my VA to this Facebook and Pinterest. We communicate yeah. on there. And then I have a board for my writer. We create like due dates and things like that for which post needs to be written by which date. So it keeps it really organized. And then I have a board for my husband like that thinks that yeah. he needs it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Task list for husband. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's kind of website related, but then there are things like, honey, you must do this right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, I love that too, because you can create different boards. So you have one, I have one entirely for editorial calendar for my food blog. And then I have an entirely different board for podcasting so I can organize all of my interviews and publish dates and all of that. So you can create, and then like you, we're not currently doing a social media board, but we've kind of dabbled in that in the past, but you can do social media calendar and, you know, you can create as many different boards as you want. And I, I'm sorry to go off on that tangent, but I just love Trello and I, <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of social media, the reason why I like having a board, so going off of the tangent again, <laughs> that's uh, fine. I create a month for each, like, I don't know, task almost. And I put trends in there. Here I can plan ahead 
and have all the trends in there. Like because what a food blogger pro and they send out monthly on uh trends and things like that so it really helps too for future planning because if you're scheduling facebook out a few weeks out then you know what to schedule for the next month that that is brilliant and to take that a step further i just had the thought you could also put in the trends calendar like national food holidays that people celebrate you know like national hot dog day or whatever you could put that in there too so you can kind of plan around that and then oh i love that i might I might copy that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just helps because it helps the communication with VA. If you have VA do all of that, then like they kind of know what to focus on because she'll ask like, what should I post for the next month? Mm-hmm. Then she knows what to kind of focus on. So it helps to a lot. fall back on. If there's yeah. any question, just look at the trending calendar. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So planning obviously is great. And then we talked about this a little bit earlier, but kind of setting goals and being diligent about that. I think like how far in advance do you set goals for your business? Do you sit down and do them like monthly, you know, three months, six months, or you've talked a little bit about like having a goal for the winter and different goals you've mentioned. So how far ahead do you set goals? So I have few different goals. I'm really all about goals because I know if I have a goal, then I, I will be productive to achieve that goal. So I knew this year's goal was to hustle, like literally work really, really hard all year long. We travel a lot. So then I put my like dream things that I, I have a vision board. I got like a, I think one of your interviews, somebody mentioned the right with a permanent marker on the wall. Oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was you that mentioned it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought maybe it was somebody in an interview. Okay. No. So I write with non-permanent marker. That's much smarter. <laughs> On that, we just remodeled our house. I don't think my husband would approve. Oh, probably not a great idea. Yeah, I'm glad you went with non-permanent. <laughs> not on the wall too. I got this like a picture frame at IKEA, and it says, "Oh my gosh, I forgot what it says." It says something about dreams or something. Oh, dreams into reality, and so. I have this frame on the wall and you can write like it's an actual picture frame. So you can write with like erasable marker on it. So every sure. month I set a goal of what my I want my income to be for Ad Thrive. And I know what I need to do about it. I need to create more pins. I need to do this and that. And like, hmm. so I set up that number. Then I have a goal for my Instagram to reach 25,000 followers by the end of the year. So I know if I focus on it, I want that to be achieved I have a goal next year to like, so I have like random goals. I have personal and like those goals. So I have a dream of like living in Europe for the next summer. So that's one of my goals. So I put it all on the vision board and they say, when you look at the vision board, I put a random number last month on my vision board for ad drive income and we surpassed it by so (gasps) much. And it was more than 30% increase. So I did not expect it, but it happened. So they say that this vision boards come to reality. So I'm like, I'm writing everything on there. Yes. (laughs) I love that. That, There is such power in writing something down and just like having it in your mind, like the forefront of your mind every single day. That's amazing that you put a number down and that you surpassed it. And do you think that that would have happened without like consciously coming up with that number and putting it in front of you? I have no idea because that number was for the month when I leave my job and we literally surpassed it by so much that now like this month I wrote down that number and I'm like, what should I write? (laughs) (laughs) Go crazy. (laughs) So like it was amazing and it was just like 
a few things went viral and it really helped us. But like, it was like, I literally wrote down the number and the next day things started happening. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> mm, there is power in that. I strongly believe that if you put something out and like really believe it, it has a way of coming back to you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, those are the goals kind of like for us. We have an ebook that we had a date on, but my husband is supposed to finish it. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's working on more important things on the blog. He's working on speed optimization and server. We're switching servers. So he's doing some like major stuff that he needs to yeah, get done. All important stuff. So, yeah. So you do kind of you set goals, but not with any like, you know, three month goals. So you just kind of set goals as you go. And I like that you have both like one month goals. So goals closer in time and then also you're setting goals for next summer, which is amazing for both personal and business too. Because if you think about it, if I'm planning for the next summer to be in Europe somewhere, that means we have to plan things around the blog to be a certain way. So yeah. Another goal I did is for this month, like to do four four posts and then next month to do five posts a, a week. And that's like, I know I need to achieve it because it's on my board now. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing about setting goals and writing them down is that it's like you don't just write a goal down and be like, okay, I hope it happens. Like sometimes it does magically, but you actually have to take action and you have to make steps to make it happen. So like if you want to be in Europe next summer, there are obviously things that need to happen in order for that to occur. So it kind of helps you. I always say like working backward, like if you set the goal to be in Europe next summer, working backward, what do you have to have done by then? You have to obviously be making a certain amount of money. Okay, well, what is going to get you that amount of money? And so like setting it up that way is such a good way to think about goals. And that has changed the game for me too. It's one thing like on January 1st to set all of these resolutions and goals and then not do anything about them. But you actually have to take action. Yeah, it reminds you of it too. So when it's on there, you're like kind of, in front of me in my office people can't really see it when they come in because it's in the back wall but it's literally in front of me so every time I'm at my desk I see it so I'm like I need to get my stuff together I can't just watch Netflix all day (laughs) 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 or housewives (laughs) so like if I wake up on a Monday and I'm like oh my gosh I have to go to the post office like that's a really small thing but if I don't like keep thinking of it or have something in front of me to remind me, I will not go to the post office. So it's like you have to have reminders throughout the day or like frame it in your mind or like change your mindset like to make the post office a part of your day. And that's kind of how bigger goals go too. Like you have to just keep it there all the time. Keep it in front of you. For daily, I don't know if you use this, this so speaking of Trello again, they have like a task list that you can make. So I have one for, I name it like a, a big task. And then within a task, I do like daily. So I'll do Monday and then I create checklists. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I do that for like weekly. So I have my food that I need to make next week all planned out in Trello so I can plan around purchasing the groceries. So all is kind of like organized that's kind of probably will go with your productivity thing too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I think like bigger goals, obviously, and then breaking them down into smaller daily and then weekly task lists is really a useful way to utilize your time really well. So I love that you do that as well. I feel like we have a lot in common and we work really similarly. Yeah. Uh, I listened to you for quite a while. I was like, gosh, like 
I love it. Like productivity is very important to me. And I know you talk about it a lot and you have a course uh, for it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yes. like I actually was on a flight uh, and I was downloading your podcast and I was listening how you're sleep productive. I was like, man, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Kindred productivity spirits. Um, Okay. So we've covered a lot, Natalia. We have talked about goals, setting goals and planning and outsourcing and just kind of like those first aspects that you should be focusing on when you're taking the leap. So like, you know, taking care of your blog structure and making sure everything is set up appropriately. Is there anything else that you feel we should cover to going from treating our blog like a hobby to a business? I think like blocking out time and making like treating it like a real job. You're going to have so much success if you're in that loophole over like, I don't know, like this kind of hobby, but it kind of is making money for me. To me, it was like I did have the most amazing marketing job and I thought I would never leave. But at the same time, blog became much greater and bigger because I was so focused on it, just like I would treat my full-time job. So treating it like a full-time job, it's not one of those things that, hey, I have a coffee date with my girlfriend's half a day and then maybe I'll work a little bit on the blog when I feel like it. No, it's like eight to five job. Yeah. (laughs) So that's like the mindset that was a switch for me that I can't just sit half a day spending time on coffee dates. I can work hard and this will be the best business our family could ever have. Yeah. It's like respecting your time a little bit more. I have, you know, family members and people in my life who are like, I just lost my day. I don't know what happened. Like, well, where did it go? <laughs> like you have have the ability to sit down and figure out what you're going to do with your time. And I mean, that this happens to all of us occasionally, right? Like something will come up and like, ah, I had to go help a family member. I don't know, whatever. But on most days, we all have the ability to control our time. And yes. if you can't do that, you need to sit down and figure out how to do it because time, time is precious. And if you don't respect it, It'll just like, you know, if you're spending your time walking around your house trying to figure out what to do and meeting your friends for coffee, then of course you're going to lose all your time. Hello. Yeah. So, yeah, I am 100% with you. And friends treating your blog like a business too, because my sister called me the other day. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cooking. She's like, oh, cool. You're not working anymore. I'm like, yes, I'm working. (laughs) So getting people to think like, my friends all think that I'm just chilling all day. No, I'm. A, it's a job yeah. and I'm working. So getting people around you to treat blog like a business as well, that's also important. Your kids setting boundaries. Like that way they do know that it's actually a real job, that like this is not something you're doing for fun. I always try to frame my speaking to reflect that. So even with my boys, when I'm cooking, I'll be like, I'm working, I'm not cooking. Or, you know, if I'm on my computer doing something on Pinterest where like an, an average Pinterest user could say like, I'm just chilling, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm working. This is work for me. So I always try to like verbalize that, that I'm working yes. to them so that they, and they do, they totally understand it. But there are people outside of our immediate family that don't. I mean, yeah. that's always going to be the case where people are like, oh, you you can run errands for me or your 
fine. You can, you know, they just assume that it's okay to interrupt your day because you're working from home. It is our responsibility, I think, to let them know that that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I love everything that we've talked about. I just could go on forever with you. (laughs) And I've taken up an hour of your day. This hour just slipped by really fast. So that means we were having a really good conversation. Is there anything else you want to mention before I say goodbye on this topic, Natalia? No, I think, like you said, we talked a lot. I didn't realize that it's been an hour. (laughs) I know. I just looked and I was like, holy crap. I enjoyed it too. Thank you for having me on. I really had the best time. This was really fun. I really enjoyed our chat and I know that food bloggers are going to find value in it as well. So I really just truly thank you for taking the time out of your day and being willing to share your thoughts because you're so passionate about this and I can tell that you're so motivated and inspired to just kill it with your business and I love that. So thank you for sharing everything today. Thank you. I enjoyed it too. So before you go, share with us a favorite quote or any words of inspiration that you have for our fellow food bloggers. Life quote would be a work hard, but travel harder. That's like a short quote. (laughs) So like if you work hard, you can travel even harder. (laughs) I love it. But every day right now, what I keep on telling myself is baby steps. It's more of a saying, but like baby steps. It's okay that I don't see growth tomorrow, but I'll see it in a month or two. Oh, love that too. Those both spoke to me. Thank you for sharing those. (laughs) Natalia has a list of favorite resources relating to today's topic. These can be found on her show notes page at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Natalia. That's spelled N-A-T-A-L-Y-A. Natalia, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. So I am on blog is give me momsdish.com. My Instagram is also momsdish and Facebook is momsdish. So, yep, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Natalia. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.